I'm fine. Fine. You're fine? You're good to go? Fine. Yeah? You're you're okay? Yeah. I can I can say go. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you want, I could go I could rage more about the Waltons if you want. Oh, go ahead. By all means. We're not live or yeah. anything. <laughs> all right. So like at the very end of the night, they're all like, "Oh, good night, Grandma. Good night, Mary Ellen. Good night, John Boy. What if John Boy's trying to pull one off and like, you know, Grandma's just saying good night and it's like, no response. Just walk over and he's like, knock on the door, goes in. Oh my God! And he's like, Jesus, can't a guy masturbate in this house without any interruption? In life. Waltons. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Inside the Verse. Hey, everybody. And more specifically, welcome to another budget edition of Inside the Verse. Uh, Jake Acapella was exploring the verse, shouting and cursing and doing much worse, so he's on probation, stuck on a station, and forced vacation till 2932. Here in his stead, but not in his head, is our friend Nixt, who's not quite dead, but with an intelligence soliloquy written somewhere in Italy, some poison, a dagger, only Nixt knows what's next. Joining us from Canada, land of snow and sleet, comes Mr. Nakara, who's almost regained his feet. See, several months back, a bear attacked, and though Nakara left victorious, the fight was laborious, but we're all just glad that he's on the right track. Shiver, liver, giver, whip, have to come up with a quip to deliver, or Mr. Shiver will very quickly make me dead. Now it's time for the show. No introductions to go except for mine. I'm David. I'm sorry. Let's go. Hello, everyone. This is Inside oh. the Verse. We're here to talk about Star Citizen and... Other stuff. Yeah. Uh, how's everyone today? Yeah. How, how's everyone out in Talkie Land where you guys talk at us and stuff? Talkie Land. I like that. Talkie Land. It's like Hockey Land, but not. No, we're Hockey Land. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh. It's been an interesting week. Interesting week. Yes, it has. Jim. All of the weeks recently. All of the weeks Everyone weeks bow down to Jim. Been. We are not worthy. Hey, Jim. Hey, Jim. Uh, so as you might all notice... Thanks uh, for managing our instances. Jake is not here again this week. Uh, he's off dealing with life. But you what have us instead. And look, this time, the videos, like, they actually take up the full, the full screen. <gasps> Do you see that? Wow. Yeah, I've improved. I got better. <laughs> I practiced. That's Nix and I aren't amused. No, we have are, you, are you ever amused? <laughs> Be amused, maybe. <laughs> okay, let's talk a little bit about Star Citizen, because... Yeah. Uh, actually, first, Jim asks if I pressed record and if we're on the base. I did press record and shiver. We are, we are on, the, on base? the base. We are on the we base. Yeah, look at us, being professional. See, we can do this without Jake. Um, we're going to start with Star Citizen, because there wasn't actually that much Star Citizen happenings this week, to be honest. But we did get the glorious return of Chris Roberts to host ATV. Which was fantastic. Mm -hmm. It was great to see him back. And one of the great re reasons to see him back is that we know that since he's back, they can finally finish the replacement for 10 for the Chairman. Yes. We also know that since he's back, it likely means that Squadron 42 reshoots are done. Unless he's, like, leaving again in three days. Which we'll is see. possible, but, I mean, normally the way reshoots for games work are you do all the shooting, 
and then you do a whole bunch of work on the game and work on the script, and then at the very end, when you find, oh, here's these things that we need to fix up, you do a last batch of reshoots. That's what he was just doing. Those reshoots done, we should be golden. Yep. Hopefully. I'm crossing fingers, toes, everything else. Heads and nose. Yeah, those yeah. two. Yep. Um, <laughs> in addition, we saw Atmospheric Flight today. Or today. This, this week. week. Yes. Uh, Atmospheric Flight is actually a pretty big deal. It's... Um, I mean, to begin with, we never thought that they were going to do procedural planets. We thought that, that was going to be well down the line. And, uh, I mean, the first time we ever heard about landing on planets, it was, we were told that you are going to, your ship will request landing, and then it will be completely directed all the way down to land. You have no say in where you're going or anything, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yep, and now we have atmospheric flight, which, um... I mean, even with the advent of procedural planets, there was no guarantee that they were going to make the ships behave differently in atmosphere. Yeah. Um, and I actually didn't think it would happen for quite a while, but they are already doing it. Um, which should be really cool, because you know, if you have a uh, if you have a ship that looks more like an aircraft, like the Gladius, um, for example, it will probably behave somewhat more like an aircraft than would the flying brick that is the Aurora. Yeah. And Shiver just has this, like, intense grin on his face. I don't know. Sure. Tilu's just sent this rather lovely uh, backdrop, and it's in my aspect ratio and everything, and it looks really good. It looks really good. The, the backdrop mm -hmm. that Tilu sent us last week, which I thought was amazing, um, he's now done it in a whole bunch of different um, resolutions, so... Uh, Perfect. And yes, Jim, Aurora is the best brick. Um, other things we saw this week were, uh, were more discussion and... Uh, discussion and uh, demonstration of animation improvements, um, and they are reworking the male... Um, character model to bring it up to the standard of the new female character model. Which is good. Um, yeah. Did you see the detail work on the hands? It was amazing. I know, it was amazing. Really nice crazy. bit of work. I love that they identified that since you're in first person you'll be seeing your hands a lot. Yeah. Like with the FPS mode. So they focused on them a lot. I'm also hoping that, that it gives cool. a lot of room like the amount of detail that they're putting in into everything. I still don't know if we'll be able to see most of it at this level now, but you know what? Whatever graphics cards and processors are capable of in a few years, we might. I, I hope there's room to go grow with the game because if you remember, like Crisis One, you couldn't run it as at its like at its peak when it launched, right? Mm -hmm. you, you had to wait, and I, I'm hoping that. Uh, I'm hoping it doesn't look dated in a few years, is what I'm trying to say, because they're going more, more realistic, and often with realistic-looking games, if there's something that they don't do quite right, they look dated in a few years. Yeah. The good thing about it is texture work. <laughs> Compared to a lot of the things they've uh, done so far with the engine, texture work relatively easy. Eve, look at the way Eve's evolved over the years graphically mm -hmm. alone. 
it's True. it's yeah it keeps actually, artists in, it will keep artists in business that's uh, the other thing is that they do it is sort of their ace in the hole with having um with having uh, frankfurt yeah um they actually have an engine development team so they will be able to continually keep star citizen up to date graphically um, I mean that's a little more tricky with a with a live game, but it will still I'm, I'm certainly be possible. I'm certain be possible. So we saw we saw a bit about atmospheric flight. Like we saw it happening in ATV, and then in yep. RTV, uh, a bunch of questions about atmospheric flight were answered. Uh, you know, we know ships that look more dynamic are going to fly better than those that aren't. Uh, drag is going to be determined dynamically depending on damage to the ship. Things like that. Um, so that was good. Uh, we also heard a little bit more about the Reliant, because the Reliant is going to be flight-ready with patch 2.5, which is exciting. Um, I'm excited. I, I'm excited because it's INN blue. Like, let's, let's be <laughs> realistic. The, the Reliant is INN blue. It's yes, it ship. is. Um, yep. And it looks pretty. It does. It looks pretty. Uh, I like the idea of it, the flight, flight states, because it... Like takeoff and landing are done horizontally, and then when you actually want to fly, it transforms to vertical. I can't wait to to see that happen in game. Yeah, totally. Um, and all that stuff, like that's Reliant is coming with two point five. Atmospheric flight is probably coming with two point seven. So, a pretty good. Yeah, I'm, stuff I'm, this week. I imagine it'll it'll accompany the rest of the procedural stuff. Yeah. Um, two point six is a bit of a mystery, but uh, other than Star Marine. Star Marine. But, uh, Which has been uh, maybe in the it, game this entire time. Well, it has in, in a limited fashion, but I think we're going to see a lot, like a whole raft of FPS improvements yes. um, yeah. come in in one patch. All the improvements um, that we, we've been waiting for, like yeah. it to feel good. Mm. The, what are the additions? The, uh, there's have... a lot more talk now about the animation work. Yeah. And you, that was one of the biggest blockers before was getting those animations right with the uh, what was the system the full movement system rather than just say you wanted to look down going boop it's, it, well, it's it, the, it was a whole out of the transitions yeah yeah, yeah. The, the we haven't seen the jukes happen in a long time there are all those jukes that were talked about that kind of yeah. got left we haven't seen those um yeah the, I'm I'm really excited to see what actually happens to uh, combat combat once 2.6 hits. Because, I mean, Star Citizen was originally announced as a spaceship game. But to me, it became so much more with that one little stretch goal. I don't even remember what, what stretch goal it was. Like 12 million or something. That was like, there will be like FPS combat and shipboarding. And I looked at that stretch goal yep. and was like, that is the stretch goal that I care about. That, to me, makes this so much better. And it's crazy to see how far it's come. And, I mean, I want to land on planets and blow people up. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll see a whole new array of weapons with Starmine as well. Yeah. A lot more variety. Stuff like that is good. Yeah. So the shipboarding and armors actually are, you know, different layers of protection and things like that, rather than just they're all the off of the same things. Sorry, no. uh, uh, Nakara, sorry. Shipboarding was the three point five million dollar stretch goal. Oh, it was goal. that early, jeez. And then, 
Um, the remember there's the one that that called for FPS uh, combat on um, on like Space select stations. outlaw world on yeah. select outlaw worlds. That was actually um, twenty million. Okay. Um, so it sort of came along in stages, but um, the shipboarding part was pretty early. Uh, sort basically as soon as they actually knew that they were going to be able to make Star Citizen and not just Squadron Forty Two. Are you drinking today out of curiosity? No idea. It's a Sriracha Ace from Brooklyn. It's a strong beer, seven point six percent. Wow. Um, it's a cracklingly dry, hoppy, unfiltered golden farmhouse ale, featuring the rare Sriracha Ace hop. Okay, you drunk that well. That well. <laughs> um. Moving on from FPS combat, which yeah, we're going to hear a ton more about in the near future. Yeah. Um, we'll probably, the, I've got uh, a question here, because if you remember a while back, they said that they want to have 2.5 out before Gamescom, and then mm -hmm. possibly show 2.6 at Gamescom. Now, when they said that, we didn't yeah. know what 2.6 was. Now that we know that 2.6 is Star Marine, do you think they'll try and have some of those booths? where you can play the FPS Star Marine maps? I think they would like to, but um, I think it will really depend on how where they can get it to in terms of playability. Yeah, I, I, I would really, really... Actually, no, I don't want that to happen, because guess what? The last time they showed Star Marine, I couldn't make it there. This time they're showing Star... I still can't make it, so no. No showing <laughs> no, Star Marine. No, they, they show... Well, we'll have Star Marine by the time Citizen comes around, but... Yeah. Don't we think that... Or do we think rather that Sabal will also be included with Star Marine in 2.5 or 2.6? I'm, I'm really, really hoping hope so. It is. I yeah. really want, I want to play Sabal still. <laughs> like, <laughs> Give me Sabal, CIG. We... It's been a long wait for some of these things because they were so close to us and then they were like, no, They're this isn't ready away. yet. And you know what? I'm glad they said that no, it's not ready yet because it clearly wasn't ready yet. I mean... With with what they would have released to us well, well back is what we have now in terms of combat and how it feels and how it looks. And it doesn't look or feel good. Right? Yep. Although you can shoot people through chairs, apparently, so that's good. That is good. Yep. <laughs> Do you guys watch that video this week of the people stealing the, um, the Crusader security ship? No. Yeah. Nice. Um... So here's well, something... what, I was, what I was going to move on to talk about yep. um, was uh, something that uh, was brought up in RTV. Um, it was from Steve Bender, and they were talking about how the uh, this sort of building on what we heard from Tony Zervek that you know that AI will have their own sort of minds, basically. Right. Um, Steve Bender was saying that the way AI I the way AI act will depend on where they are and what time of day it is and uh so you know you know i've heard um, that before every time an elder scrolls game is announced well yeah but then they do the bare minimum to make that actually happen um one of the examples used is that a nightclub during the day will be 
calm and at night not so much right um but also an ai character who drinks more in the bar will be more intoxicated and will stumble all over the place um I liked I like what they talked about somehow being able to transfer those sets to the player. Like there shouldn't be any difference between what the NPCs can do and what players can do. So you should theoretically be able to stagger around like you're a drunk as your player. Which It'd be really funny to fall down. I really hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Try walking to the bar and just biffing into a bunch of chairs. There are so many people who did not play Wing Commander. That's all I'm going to say. Now, those, those few out there that did, they know. Before we, uh, before we get into our science lesson with Nakara, which is going to happen before we get to questions, I want to ask you guys about Reverse the Verse. Now, mm-hmm. Around the Verse and Reverse the Verse have had a shakeup recently. Around the Verse is... Uh, I love it. They're focusing on one studio per episode and it means we get a lot better look at what that studio is doing because they have four weeks to save up cool stuff to show us and this week's around the verse was great we saw i mean we saw atmospheric flight who doesn't who doesn't (laughs) want to see that right um what did you all think of reverse the verse this week shiver i think it's it's more stuff less fluff and it was always meant to be a bit more of a casual where the devs get to chat with us. And it's turning into a bit more... Well, it was always one of the best sources for information, but it is turning more a bit formal of, you know, here's dev Q&A for everyone with access to the game rather than just the subscribers, which is a good thing. Yeah. Next. But it, it'd be oh, nice... It'd just sorry. be nice to know everyone's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Next. Yeah, I think it's definitely... It's definitely very different from what RTV started as. It's no longer Ben and Disco and all them sitting on a table and telling about how their week is. And I kind of still like it to be a bit of that. But I don't think it helps to be talking to the devs and getting more direct information. Because obviously they can answer the questions that Disco and the community team can't. Nakara? Um... I think it's a different show. I don't think it's RTV. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's fine. It's just not RTV. Um, I, yeah. That's sort of, I, again, I think it's, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a, more information and from different sources, but the whole point of RTV was to hang out with the devs. So that's where I'm coming from. Um. Yeah, I have to agree. I don't really like that it's short. Um, I don't really... It, it seems to have lost lots of its personality. Like I, Now, I know that a lot of people never used to watch RTV because anytime we transcribe RTV, you know, people jump in and are like, oh, thank you, I never watch this because it's boring. And my favorite thing to do at INN is transcribe RTV. RTV. Like, yeah. that is what I love. Um, and I'm going to miss that at the same time, what it feels like to me now, it really feels now to me like 10 for the developer, just 10 for this developer. You noticed that too, eh? 
well, <laughs> it's just it's a ten for the developer, just without the name. It's yeah. reverse verse was supposed to be about you know chatting with them. In this, there's no chatting. It's question, question, question. Okay, you're gone. Question, question, question. Okay, you're gone, and we're done. Um, I'd like to see it get back a tiny bit more of its uh, relaxed atmosphere. I still love that they're getting questions from devs, but it needs to be a bit more relaxed. It needs to be a bit longer, even just 15 minutes longer. Um, because while I like that they play the videos that have to do with the people that are talking from around the verse, th those videos take up six minutes of a 30-minute show. You're left with you know, two minutes for outro, two minutes for intro. You've got 20 minutes to answer questions. So 10 minutes per person to answer questions and then they're gone. It honestly seems like a, a bit too little. Yeah, I, I know. I, I agree with you. Um, I, I don't know. It just, it just seems like they ended RTV really. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, get, Getting Mabelli actually has a good point. Uh, do you remember the RTVs with Travis? Where Travis would just yep. walk on in the last 20 minutes and then it would be all about the developer? I like those. I like that format of, like, let's have the community team hang out and talk and then bring someone on for the last 20 minutes of rapid fire. Um, yeah. RTV was always where I we think... found out. Sorry. Um, go ahead. No, no, you next. It was always where we found out about community team stuff as well. What sales were coming up, what the subscriber flavor was going to be next, um, what when the next merchandise is going on sale, status updates on things getting shipped out. And so you might lose a little bit of that as well with it. Though Jai did come on at the end, so maybe we'll still get that information. Yeah. I think from an internal, their internal standpoint of the devs, don't necessarily need to know what they can and can't say on stream so they may suddenly drop something and then everyone's in the rooms like yeah we weren't supposed to talk about that for another six months that yeah that is a possibility of why they might be a bit uh hesitant to bring just absolutely everyone on it actually sounded like we might have got something like that when with the caterpillar uh elwin bachelor jr was saying that the caterpillar can essentially hold as many dragonflies as an Idris can hold ships. Like, we, we've got a... We, that gives us an approximate number of, you know, four or five dragonflies, theoretically, that a caterpillar can hold. When that's the first we've been told any inkling of a number, right? Uh, no, we, we heard before. Did we? Um, they, it was always three to six. Um, okay. Now... They're all. They're also going well. Depends on like a lot of it depends on performance, right? How yeah. many sh ships can you fit inside the ship before you break <laughs> the engine? <laughs> Actually, you know what? <laughs> Jim, the instance manager, has a good point. Uh, Jim says personally, I'd rather find out what Star Wars stuff Ben bought last week, along with some Star Citizen info. And I agree. I think those guys, mm -hmm. uh, like Ben, Disco, um, uh, Alexis. Justin, Tyler. Am I forgetting any of them? Tom. Sandy sometimes. Tom. Oh, and Tom. Yeah. Tom is always in the back. I, I I like those guys, and I like watching them hang out and dick around. It's it's fun. So in, I, in the I, earlier days, 
it was that bit more charming when the stream might have broken or something like that and they were like oh we're sorry about this it, it, it you get more attached to something that's rougher around the edges sometimes which might be why people watch us <laughs> people the watch us reason, the only Apparently. reason people watch us Um, but no, I, I agree, like, you know, I, I was actually wondering about that when Ben finally gets back, you know, get soon, Ben. Um, but when he finally gets back, you know, what is his role even going to be at this point? Yeah. Um, you know, he's what, host of ATV? Well, I mean, he's, he's, he's manager of ships, right? But he is. But I mean, like, he's also has been the public face of the game for ever. Yeah. And I think that should continue. That's all. Yeah. Okay, so, Mr. Nakara, do you want to uh, start educating us? Educating? Uh, yeah. We'll t I'll try. Okay. Um, Give it your so, all. If anyone watched last week, I'm not sure if anybody did, but if anyone watched last week, <laughs> our topic was space in general. Um, but it's a very big topic to cover. So I decided to add an X to it. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about SpaceX. Uh, it's a topic that I, as the other folks here know, am <laughs> very interested in. Um, for those who don't know, uh, SpaceX is a commercial launch provider. Um, they launch satellites and uh, spacecraft. What? Never mind. Just carry on. I'm sorry. Moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> uh, SpaceX is a commercial launch provider. They launch spa uh, spacecraft and and satellites. Um, they were founded by Elon Musk, who most people have heard of at this point. Uh, he founded PayPal, um, a couple other companies, uh, SpaceX and Tesla, and is one of the founding members of Solar City. Pretty uh, pretty smart guy for. In mid forties, um, and accomplished, I should say. Anyway, um, let's start showing you some images because there's tons of images, so might as well start putting them up. Um, you can go to the first one there, David, which is just a rocket launch. Um, so SpaceX has been around for about fourteen years at this point. Um. Early days were really rough, uh, but obviously the past couple of years have been very good to them. Um, the uh, the um, they started off with a with a rocket called Falcon One, uh, which they actually launched off of a little tiny Pacific island in the middle of nowhere because um, they didn't want to blow up anyone's house. <laughs> um, and. Uh, Basically, they went from having launch failure after launch failure after launch failure, which is usually how new rocket companies start off. Um, and they eventually had one launch success and then got a commercial resupply um, contract with uh, NASA, which basically launched the company. It was over a billion dollars worth of contracts. Um, believe it or not, that, that contract, which started in 2012, I believe, um, only recently um, wrapped up and uh, 
and yeah, it's the company is doing very well. Um, its current rocket is the, called the Falcon 9, which is the one you just saw in that picture. And uh, we can probably bring up the next picture of the Falcon 9. Um, more launch pictures, the next two. And uh, the Falcon 9 is named that because it has nine Merlin engines. Um, it... Uh, It's their current, currently their only rocket, but um, they have another one coming upcoming later this year called the Falcon Heavy. The Heavy will be able to launch a lot more than the Falcon 9 because it is basically three Falcon 9s strapped together and launched into orbit. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, That is their rocket. Now, the spacecraft is called the Dragon, which is just an awesome name. Um, and the next few pictures are the next three, four pictures, four pictures, no, three pictures are of the Dragon One, which is the, um, the commercial resupply spacecraft. So it is an unmanned spacecraft that basically carries cargo to the International Space Station. Um, that picture actually that's up right now is the, the mission that was just launched a few weeks ago. And that was a picture of it arriving at the space station. Um, this was uh, SpaceX's first spacecraft. Um, it actually has a second one, which we will show later. But I would like to shift things a little bit here to actually talk about reusability. Um, there are other commercial launch providers. Uh, most of them are in a, somewhat in association with governments because, for the most part, if you wanted to launch something, the only one of your only customers was a government. But one of the problems of that is you can basically charge as much as you want. <laughs> so there was no, there was no reasonably um, affordable launch provider. SpaceX wants to expand space. And the way to do that is to make it cheaper to get there. Um, one of the ways to do that, I mean, already the Falcon 9 is by far the cheapest launch vehicle. Uh, at about $62 million to launch. Um, that's how much you have to pay if you want to send something to space. However, a lot of the other launch providers are 100 to 250 or even $500 million. Um, so there's do you a get big a bag difference. of peanuts? No, no, I don't even think they give you a bag of peanuts. No. Not even a pizza pie. Um, it's worse than EasyJet. <laughs> so SpaceX in in the you know aims of trying to figure out a way to uh, make it cheaper decided that they would try and reuse as much of the rocket as they could. Now the problem with this is you have to get it back somehow. I mean the thing is going to space. It's not exactly easy. Um, so what they what they figured out was that they could launch the rocket and what, with whatever fuel was left after it put uh, its payload into orbit they could try and land it again. Now, this led to many years of uh, experimentation um, with um, just the first flight, all they did was attach landing legs to the thing and tried to land it in the ocean. Um, and it went pretty well. Over the, over the last few years, they went from that to... Um, Actually, step one, one step back. They actually had a few flights called the Grasshopper, and it was an experimental rocket that basically just went up and down, like 
couple hundred feet or a couple thousand feet, and uh, just to see if they could uh, get something to land again after they launched it. Um, then they did the water landings, and uh, then they followed that up by trying to land um, on a barge in the ocean. All of those barge landings at first last year failed. For one reason or another, they would explode when they hit the, the pad. But one of the reasons was the rocket wasn't powerful enough. Um, SpaceX went about um, actually a big improvement to the Falcon 9 last year that increased its power by 30%. And all of a sudden, you notice that uh, you probably have heard in the news, they've started landing these things. Now, the next, like, I don't know, six or seven pictures. Uh, pictures seven through 12 are landed boosters. Um, their first landing actually was on uh, was on ground, and it was actually the unupgraded uh, Falcon 9 that, that did so. It was the last flight of the unupgraded one. They landed it at... Uh, um, their landing facility called Landing Zone 1 at Cape Canaveral, Florida. Um, and then the next three landings were successful landings were on the uh, what are they called? The Autonomous Spaceport Drone Ship. Its name, name. It, yes. And its name is actually Of Course I Still Love You. Um... Which is apparently from a book. Not Landy McLandface. No, not Landy McLandface. No. It wasn't. It wasn't um, internet. Internet sourced. No. The uh, SpaceX has, has, I mean, before and after last year, uh, have crashed several of their rockets into the barges. But a lot of times, the reason for that is that you launch something into orbit. There isn't a whole lot of fuel left a lot of the time, so you have to just try and use whatever fuel you have left to land the thing, and sometimes. It comes down really fast. <laughs> um, and, but the nice thing is, as with it, you know, as with all mistakes in life, every time they have a failure, they learn a ton about the rocket and they make improvements to it. This is kind of one of the things that uh, that defines SpaceX as a company. Most large uh, rocket launch companies are huge, like Lockheed Martin and Boeing. And they tend to not do well with innovation at all. They, t they, well, for the most part, they just don't do it. Um, they're happy to have these large, really expensive rockets that work, but they don't change them ever because they work. Um, but the problem with that is that they never get less expensive. They never have new capabilities. Now, if you want to show the 13th picture there, David. I will show 13th. Also, that picture that's up that was just up with the blue light in the landed rocket was the most recent one, which was landed also landed on land. That was uh, uh, the Commercial Resupply Nine. Um, they actually have a contract for twenty of those missions. They are on the ninth. Now, the image with the four boosters in the in the hangar; those were the first four <laughs> that they recovered. <laughs> Sorry, I, I get a bit giggly looking at this picture. I know. <laughs> Those are the first four boosters they recovered. They actually aren't all in that, still in that hangar. Um, I totally forgot that picture. Okay, um, I will link a, uh, I will link a video in a moment here 
But um, they've now successfully landed five boosters. And one of them has actually just started undergoing its uh, reuse testing. Now, this one they're not actually going to reuse, but they want to test the bejesus out of it to see how long it takes to fail. Because that will give them a lot of information about sort of, you know, how far can we push these things? Um, how many times can we reuse them before we start to run into problems? Um, this is the video of the test firing just the other day of um, one of the landed stages. I think it's the second landed stage, right? Yeah, keep, I believe so. They're actually keeping the first one just for a museum piece because... Yes, and they actually have started... They've, uh, it's actually not even going to be a museum piece. They're erecting it right in front of their headquarters in Hawthorne, California. Oh, yes. And um, and they actually have already under started the work to, uh, to build the base for it so that it can stand there. Um... Okay, where are we now? So, um, what I wanted to move on from there, so, you know, they're achieving reusability. The reused rockets should be launchable for about 30 to $40 million, probably 40 Um, But it's a lot less than 62 Half the price. Um, yeah. Um, so the next two images, uh, 14 and 15, are uh, just a couple quick examples of the Falcon Heavy. You can at least see it in those pictures. Uh, the Falcon Heavy is basically, yeah, they strap three Falcon 9s together. And um, this will be able to basically lift much larger payloads because currently SpaceX does have some limitations with the Falcon 9. You can only... Um, there are satellites they simply cannot launch because they're too heavy. This current uh, image will actually show those numbers and shows, uh, yep, you know how much of a payload it can get to Mars, for example. Yes, exactly. So you know the the Falcon Heavy will be the first uh, Falcon rocket to go to Mars. That's actually something I uh, maybe should have mentioned at the beginning. But the funny thing about SpaceX as a launch provider is they really don't care about launching rockets at all. Oh, uh, I mean about launching satellites at all. Their express purpose is to go to Mars. Um, not even go to Mars. Elon Musk's express purpose is to colonize Mars. All of these things are just sort of intermediate steps along the way. Um, Falcon Heavy will launch the Dragon 2 spacecraft, which you will see in the next three images, 16, 17, and 18, um, to Mars. Actually, I was slightly attentive to that, but the Dragon 2 spacecraft will um, will, uh, will f see its first action carrying crew to the International Space Station, which will be the first time in a very long time since the space shuttle is launched that America will have a crew launch capability. Which is huge. Um, which is huge. Dragon 2's second life will be, will be, it will be repurposed as a Mars vehicle. Um... And in 2018, SpaceX will launch a Falcon Heavy to Mars. This is done on their dime. Um, they basically said, uh, we're going to do this. And if anyone wants to help us, they're more than, more than welcome to. Um, the last two images are sort of concept images of the Red Dragon, which is the modified Dragon 2 that will land on Mars. 
Um, it looks really pretty sitting there. Doesn't it? <laughs> um, kind of a cool thing about this, basically no private company has ever said we're going to another planet. Um, and not only, not only have they said it, they have already scheduled the launch. It is for, I believe, May. April, May is the window of 2018. And they will launch uh, a dragon, a red dragon, on on top of a Falcon Heavy. How long NASA, will it take to get there? Um, I believe it's about. N- That's actually a very good question. I don't know. I believe um, somewhere in the range of three to nine months, but I'm not entirely sure which of those is closer. Six months. Uh, Let's just say six months. It will probably if it land get lost on the way. It yeah. will probably land late 2018, early 2019. Somewhere in that range. Um, <laughs> the cool thing is that, that SpaceX announced this project without the without the cooperation of NASA, but NASA very rarely gets to go to Mars. So they immediately said, uh, yeah, we're in. And so they'll be providing a lot of help. Um, you know, no private company has ever launched something into deep space. So they will provide all of the, um, all of the support needed for... Uh, for the mission, and also in return, they will get pay- they will get to put some of their payloads on board that yeah. they probably thought they would never get to launch. And it's scary because NASA really does have such a budget restriction on what they can do. Mm-hmm. Lots of the things that they say, "Oh, we'd love to do this," uh, Congress is just like, "Nope, mm-hmm. no, that has something to do with Earth sciences. You're not allowed." The the cool thing with this is because SpaceX is providing the launch vehicle and the spacecraft, um, NASA's in, only in on this for $30 million. Yep. So they can do whatever they like. They could. I don't even think they had to ask anybody. They just uh, took a small portion of their budget and said, We're, yeah, we'll help you, SpaceX. Um, but kind of the neat thing about this is that it's not a one-off thing. As I mentioned before, Elon Musk and SpaceX want to colonize Mars. Um They've committed that once they start flying to Mars in 2018, they will fly. They will have missions every 26 months, which is when the launch window opens. Every 26 months for the foreseeable future. So there will be missions in 2020, 2022, 2024, and so on and so forth. I think it's really important to note here that this isn't like them trying to put. Like there was some game show that tried to, or some like contest thing that was like, be the first person on Mars, and it was literally like, yeah, we're not, we, we're not planning on bringing you back. You'll just be the first person on Mars. Like there's all kinds of, like people saying we're gonna go to Mars, and they're they're fucking frauds. Uh, <laughs> Elon Musk and SpaceX aren't. No, no, and not in any any way, shape, or form. Um, there's a couple interesting bits on the bits to to talk about before we finish up here. Um, SpaceX also spun off a or not spun off, but started a satellite construction business um, last year. The upshot of this is that they would like to create. They want to become an ISP essentially. <laughs> um, they want yeah. to launch four thousand small satellites into low Earth orbit to provide internet services around the globe. Um, what this will do for them is a couple of things. First of all, it will allow them to make a lot of money. Um, being an ISP is a good business. You, if you're, especially if you're a good one, you can make a lot of money really quickly. And the 
upshot of it is that they will probably use the money they make from that to go to fund their Mars mission. Um, their Mars missions, I should say. Now, there's something that everyone in the world needs to pay attention to. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> September 27th, mark it on your calendar. September 27th. September 27th in Mexico at the International Astronautical Congress, Elon Musk will have a keynote speech in which he will unveil what he calls the Mars architecture, which will be how they will get large numbers of people to Mars. Um, This has previously been called a couple things. The Mars Colonial Transporter is one thing he's called it. The, (laughs) The more recent thing he's called it it's two things, the BFR and the BFS, which is big fucking rocket and big fucking <laughs> spaceship. What do you want to um, bet it's actually just 20 Falcon heavies strapped to each other? It, it Well, you never know. Maybe <laughs> it will be. <laughs> but the his his goal is to have a rocket that can launch 100 people to the surface of Mars in a single... Or a spacecraft that holds 100 people and a rocket that can launch it to Mars. It will be able to hold 100 people or 100 metric tons of cargo. This is well, the they, only way in which you could do what he wants to do, which is basically colonize the planet. Uh, it sounds crazy, but the problem with calling Elon Musk crazy is that everything that he's said that he's going to do, he has done. Um, this, it's, it's one of, and someone did bring up Tesla earlier. Uh, Tesla. In chat, uh, you know, Tesla's a good example. No one had created a really a successful car manufacturer in, I don't know, decades, many decades. And Tesla is just that. Um, not only that, not only is it a new car manufacturer, it's a new car manufacturer for electric cars, which also were basically dead before, um, before Tesla picked them up. Now, um, so September 27th, tune in. Uh, should be an interesting announcement. And now, uh, I, I've got a like they said that you, you said that on the very low end of the travel time, three months, mm-hmm. if they can get someone to Mars in three months, if that's the travel time, then that's essentially the equivalent of back in the 16, 1700s when we were sending people from Europe to North America. Like that's the essentially the equivalent travel time by boat. And so, um, which one of the things that, yeah, no doubt, which it's kind of cool. Well, basically, we're going back to the same age, right? It's yeah. the age of exploration, pioneering. Um, Isn't that cool? Basically, <laughs> the I'm space not getting on a spaceship built by people like that. Are you sure? You don't want a wooden rocket? <laughs> Wood canvas, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Wicker basket for safety. <laughs> One of the really cool things that I, I sort of popped into my head in the last few days about about SpaceX is um, I'm not sure a lot, a lot of people have read the early stuff, the early lore about Star, about Star Citizen. Yeah. Um, some of the early Spectrum dispatches talk about Robert Space Industries as a company and the things that they did. Um, certainly this is 2016 and Robert Space Industries doesn't really have much to say for it in the lore until about 2075 
But they did things like... Because they started as a video um, cam- game company before moving on to <laughs> being a rocket company, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, that's right. Um, but they, the, one of their first things mentioned in the lore is that they built the atmospheric processor that allowed humanity to terraform Mars. Um, the second thing they did was build the RSI Zeus, which was the first, uh, basically, car version of a spacecraft... Uh, is a spacecraft cheap enough that anyone could own one? Uh, looks kind of like the space shuttle, except, um, you know, a lot more sleek. The very, pr- very early predecessor to the Avenger. Yeah, yeah, actually, definitely some. Uh, yeah, some and notes the lore, there. That was twenty-one forty, the year yeah. that happened. Yeah, and um, I just sort of, I sort of connected the dots, and SpaceX almost seems a little bit like RSI to me. In that they have this, you know, we're going, we're going to do this. Off we go. Um, and uh, <laughs> why, what, David? Oh, just Jin, the instant manager says, would love to get an RSI Zeus to actually <laughs> use, and everyone Me too. is like, yes, everyone would yeah. love an RSI Zeus to use. It has to be in there somewhere. CIG has yes. to be. I honestly think that like one of the ways to really enrich the game is to take all that early lore and put it in the game somewhere. You know, I want there to be I want to go around to the dark side of a moon sometime and to find a like floating derelict RSI Zeus. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> if anyone's actually interested in all that old lore, there's a really nice website called citizen history.com that has it on a timeline that you can scroll through. So I'd recommend if anybody's interested in that they go read it. Nice. Um, and um, yeah, sorry to wander off of Star Citizen forever, but um, SpaceX is a pretty cool topic. Um, last thing I'm going to touch on is I did mention they're launching every 24 months after 2018. 2020 will have two launches. They're planning two launches to Mars in 2020. Uh, 2022 will be the first mission of the Mars Colonial Transporter. It's really strange to think about it because and i mean by the way most of us weren't alive during the moon <laughs> landings yeah let's be honest we were not and i still what do you think... mean most of us i wasn't well i'm sure someone in chat will be like i remember back in the day when the moon landing happened and the large, <laughs> vast majority of us were not like, especially those of us here on screen, the people that you're watching, none of us were alive during that shit. Nope. I miss that. Therefore, it never happened. I missed that. I would really like to be alive watching people land on Mars. You know? I... I... Space is funny. It's really funny. But you get out of the city sometime and... You go to the middle of nowhere where there's no lights and there's no pollution and you look up and you just look and and you can look forever and you can see something new every second and it's why aren't we out there yet? Yeah, totally. Uh, Something I wanted to just sort of say to cap this off. Um, If SpaceX can do what they're going can accomplish constructing the BFR. It will be by far the largest rocket ever constructed by human beings. 
it will be huge. Um, and it will be one hell of a thing to see. If you can get there to watch the launch of that thing, do it. It might, I plan actually, on trying it to. might actually be worth the road trip. Yeah, no you doubt. Know? Like I, I didn't meet up at the launch pad. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I would no, do good. it. I no. would do that. All right, so let's let's move on to questions. It's question Star time, Citizen guys. Time. Throw and us yes. your questions. Uh, as we wait two minutes for questions, I'm gonna take a quick break, but the stream's not gonna break because screw that. I'll be back in twenty seconds. Questions. Quick, while he's gone, we'll answer questions. Just quick, put him up. We'll answer him before he even gets back. <laughs> what does SpaceX stand for? Uh, Space Exploration Technologies. Ah, I thought it might have been expansion. Nope. Although that would make sense. Um... No one has any questions. They're probably so like. Um, no, the answer to that question is no. Um, get in my belly uh, is asking: Have you seen the renders someone did of the MCT slash BFR uh, based on the leaked and confirmed stats? Yes, I did. Um, I didn't want to put it up here because I figure we're only like a month and a half until the real thing, or almost two months until the real thing. Um, and it was pretty speculative. Um, oh, kind of a cool addition. Um, uh, GameZocker123 asks, is Star Marine in-game? No, not yet. Yes. Uh, 2.6. It's been in-game this entire time. Well, FPS is in-game. Depends on what you determine Star Marine is, because when we originally talked about Star Marine, Star Marine was FPS. FPS has been in games since, what, 2.0 before? Uh, Star Marine itself, as its own fictional game, like Arena Commander, will come in 2.6. Yeah. Um, Our Holiday asks, will David ever figure out how to take stream break to, to, to make the stream take a quick break? I could probably figure it out. But I honestly kind of find the five-minute breaks a bit too much. Um, Handsome Devil 101 asks, if you were in the Evocati, can you say if you have the new PT or does that break NDA? Uh, I believe it breaks NDA to say that you have it. Yep. Yeah. Um, we Jim we the know that it's out. We know yeah. that some Evocati have it because some Evocati have broken NDA. Yeah. But I highly advise no one break NDA because it's actually really it's here's the thing it's actually really really disappointing when people do because CIG are trying to do the Ibukati as a nice thing as a nice way to get the community help and as a way to speed up the process. Now, if people decide to go and leak the patch notes that CIG have not approved for going out then there's going to be problems. CIG might have to shut down the Evocati program entirely, which would mean that all of that testing that the Evocati do all has to be done internally because it's still not ready to go to PTU. So anyone that decides to break Evocati is actually slowing things down for everyone in the long run. There you go. Next question. 
Uh, Jim, the instance manager, asks, are they sending anything in the first rocket pod to Mars or an empty shell? They are sending a payload. Uh, NASA is excited to be able to get some things there that they were having trouble launching. Um, they only get so many chances to go there. Um, so NASA is going to be providing some payload. It's likely that SpaceX will have some of their own. I don't believe uh, that they ever send rockets with nothing in them. Ever. Actually, the the first the first demo flight of the Falcon Nine Heavy does not have a payload currently. Or sorry, the Falcon Heavy does not have a payload currently. But that's demo flights are basically the only time um, that it ever happens, and those are mostly because they're not sure if it's going to explode on the pad or not. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I did want to mention that kind of gives you an idea of how overarching their philosophy is for from uh, Mars. Um, the the MCT engines, there's an engine they're developing for it called the Raptor. The Raptor is a, is a methane engine. And they're not developing a methane engine because it's the most efficient fuel to use. It's because methane is the easiest fuel to make on Mars once you're there. Um, they want you. They want to be able to refuel this thing and send it back. Did 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 you see this? Like, just this week, uh, some scientists were able to use a special type of solar-powered cell to literally create fuel from air. To pull using solar energy, pull uh, CO two from the air and turn it back into fuel. That's so yes. exciting. Back into a hydrocarbon. <laughs> Very cool. That's so exciting. <laughs> he's very excited. Can you tell he's excited? Science. Oh, okay. Here, just just a, a really quick aside. I recently redownloaded all of Bill Nye and have started watching through all of Bill Nye because it's Bill Nye. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So can, Confused so says, "Can someone shoot Eris for that silly? It's in game mantra." Nope. I'm invulnerable. Um, I'm in Canada. We don't have guns. Can we shoot him in game? Not yet. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Um, a long time ago, people were saying, Star Marine, Star Marine, Star Marine. And my mantra was trying to let people know that it's not just the button-labeled Star Marine. Yes, the button-labeled Star Marine is important. But more important than the button-labeled Star Marine was the ability to shoot people in-game. And we have had that for a long time. Don't get me wrong. I hate shooting people in-game. I'm not interested in it. I want Star Marine. I want that Star Marine button. But uh, for the longest time, when people were saying, where's Star Marine? Where's Star Marine? Where's Star Marine? The easiest way to get them to shut up was to tell them it was already in-game. Yep. 23005 asks, in whatever recent SC video they talked about characters and how they were making them more fit because of the military, etc., can we make a heavy beer consumer fattish space trucker? Now, the answer to that is probably yes, but they have to make it fit within their animations, so probably not like Jabba the Hutt, but I'm sure let's, you could probably make a chubby guy. Uh, here, here's Actually, here's where the reality comes down to space travel. Um, if you look at the astronauts that are sent up today, they are oh, all yeah, in but... peak... No, no, but they're in peak physical condition, right? They yeah. come back and they're broken. Eyes go wobbly, hearts go wobbly. Like... Space travel is hard on people. So, uh, not really in Star Citizen, though. But e even in Star Citizen, <laughs> zero G, like anytime you're going out in zero G, that's hard on a person's body. I, 
I, we're not going to be able to make massive people. Jabba one, the one, yeah, we're not going to be able to make Jabba the Hut. One, because it doesn't fit in the damn cockpits, and two, because it honestly doesn't make sense in an era where everyone's living in space. I think the honestly the the biggest you would get is the guy from the uh, Miss commercial. Yeah. Yep. Um, but that's sort of where. That's sort of, I think, your range. They also would like you to be able to change height a little bit, but they, again, they have to make it all fit within the way the game works. They're going to make the game actually function properly with the two characters that they have. Yep. Game functionality is more important than you being able to make your character a midget who's 400 pounds. Um, Although, for a little glimmer of hope, if you remember, according to law, Vandal are about seven foot. Yes. Yeah. Uh, should CIG consider fixing the tutorial before Gamescom or CitizenCon from GameZocker123? Uh, yes. I Yes, actually. Nope. I think that they, uh They don't have the time to do it right now. I know they don't. I really think they should fix that before... Game- Honestly, I wish they had fixed it before Gamescom because events like Gamescom, events like PAX, all those events, anytime there's a free fly, it gets a lot of new people. And lots of people, even me, even for Overwatch. Overwatch is an arena shooter, something I've been playing since I was two. I still hit play tutorial first because I want to see the tutorial. If the tutorial is broken, see, I, they, they do need to fix the tutorial, in my opinion. But isn't this tutorial disabled now? Yes. It is. It's gone. Right. And that's yeah. the problem. Uh, T. Lu asks, in whatever recent Star Citizen video they talked about character and how they're making... No, we already oh, answered that yeah, one. we did. Sorry. Sorry. Deja vu. Also, I double-checked. The length of those SpaceX missions is six and a half months. Six and a half months. Thank you. Okay, so that's only double the time it took to get from Britain to North America. Which is really not bad. Uh, Jim, the instance manager, says in previous years the Gamescom party had always been announced months and months in advance. With the party this year announced only three weeks before, do you think a sponsor decided to pay for it? No. Strippers. They no. couldn't book the stripper until the last second. She finally cleared her calendar. She turned up. So they're like, oh, we can have the parties. And that's uh, that's the, that's the completely made-up true story that you just heard here. <laughs> they weren't sure if they could show off what they wanted to show off. Once they realized that they could show off what they wanted to show off, they decided to have a party to show off what they wanted to show off. And they weren't sure that they could show off before that they could show it off. So they didn't have a party before they could show it off. Now that they can show it off, they're going to have a party to show it off. Hey, by the way, Shiver... Get your ass over there. Hey, that was not bad. That was pretty good. I like that. Was that was pretty impressive. Now, um... Can you just go to the Gamescom party, then? Yes, yeah, you, you can. can. There's, just 100, go to the there's 113 party. tickets left. Go get if one. If you can get a flight there... Go party. Well, I think the, the <laughs> tickets are on sale just now. Not for <laughs> subscribers. Tomorrow, the general... Everyone... Yeah, but I mean, Shiver, you're a yeah. subscriber, right? I'm concierge as well. Yeah, you yeah, could have got, the, you got one yesterday. There's currently yeah, but because I'm concierge, I can't afford the plane ticket. <laughs> Fair enough. Just take your. I'll bike. have a. I'll have a look. I'll have a look. Okay. I, um, ha- seriously, have a look and let me know, cause let's log in. So, honestly, I, I'm a little bit curious about it. I, 
So what they said was they couldn't find a venue. So they have a venue now. Um, I'm not I'm not sure where the truth lies in this. I don't know if they if like you say they they got to the point where they're like, yeah, we have something we want to show off for four hours. Um, well, hasn't doesn't Brian Chambers say something like this? I remember saying that hearing that BritainCon, which happened last weekend, I think, that Brian Chambers said that usually they have two set things to show off. A show for the press and a show for us. The press usually has a couple more things in it. But this time, they had that much stuff happening with Pedro Generation that they never thought they'd had by that time. They thought, it's not going to be fair to show this just to the press. So it's also holding an event for the backers. I'm pretty oh, sure okay. fair enough. Brian Chambers has been quoted as saying that. And that, uh, so that makes sense. And uh, basically, yeah, I guess they they realized that their procedural planets are ready to show off, and uh, decided to have an event for it. Um, I think it's just all gravy, frankly. The more, the merrier. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We're gonna uh, be so drunk on Star Citizen information, we're just gonna fall over. We are honestly trying to find someone who's going to Gamescom who can uh, do some cover work for us, but uh, we'll also see if we can send Shiver, because Shiver is our mascot. Maybe I could bring <laughs> Mix, too. You should bring He's Mix my too. mascot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, let's get some more questions. Just put him in, like, a backpack or something. We're great. Oh, man. I'm tired. He's tired. I've been arguing with SciTech for, like, two weeks about a damn replacement. Good times. Which sucks. I really want to review uh -uh. that. Um, Tilu says, I never realized how big the Bengal is. It's just 100 meters shy from the Venator-class Star Destroyer Star Wars clone ship, which can carry 460 ships and 7,400 crew. Are we all aware of how big the Bengal is? Yes. E the thing is, uh, the Bengal is more realistic about it, actually. And, he and here's something that you need to learn about the Bengal. The Bengal is a giant donut hole. Uh. Let me explain. <laughs> Let me explain. The Bengal is giant, right? This entire circle part of the Bengal is empty. It's all hangar. Underneath is all ship storage. People storage is this little tiny bit up top. All the people live at the very top of the Bengal. The rest of it is all built around that hangar. So it's not as big as a Star Destroyer. It's not going to carry 7,400 crew and 460 ships because it's all room for the carrier. The, the Star Destroyers, honestly, in realistic sense, don't make sense in rooms. Yeah. Um, the Bengal does. And the Bengal is huge and it's entirely empty in the middle. And it's going to be glorious to see, but yeah. I think that it's probably going to be about a thousand crew, because um, we already know the the address is like a hundred. Yeah. Um, but you it's know, not, it's nowhere near seven thousand. Just no, 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 maybe a seventh of that. Yeah. Also, it can't carry anywhere near four hundred and sixty ships. <laughs> um, a couple I, I, dozen, maybe. Yeah, but, maybe forty or fifty at most. Yeah. Um, it also depends how big the ships are, but it was incredible to see the Retaliator, which is a fairly large ship. It looked tiny inside the hangar. I was like, is that a, is that a, what is such, oh, it's, what's a Retaliator? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
What flavor donut is the Bengal? Um, it's uh, death flavor. <laughs> Chocolate glaze. Chocolate glaze. Oh, Chocolate go. glaze is the only type of donut I'll eat. I'm ninety. By the way. So I want to talk about something favorite? different. Um, What's your favorite donut, Shiver? <laughs> uh, I can't even get them in this cut. Well, sort of can, but just I like the original glaze. Just don't get that here. Try chocolate. And then there's these cinnamon things, and donut holes, and I want to eat your hey, country Shiver, to death. Hey, Shiver, when are you coming to Canada? Um, my favorite donut. You got donuts our... like that? I'm on my way. Yeah, we Sorry. do. Oh, we've well, we have Tim Hortons. We have Tim Hortons. Um, we have donuts like uh, that on every street corner. My favorite donut oh. is the sour cream glaze. So I want to really quickly talk about something that's not related to Star Citizen, only very, like very tangentially. No, <laughs> yeah, No Man's Sky. Because I decided to order No Man's Sky. Oh, I noticed that. Oh, boy. And I'm going to play it, and I'm going to stream it, and I'm going to review it. So I, I, I just want to give people a sneak peek here. Three weeks from now, three weeks from now, on this very channel at this exact time, it's just going to be like two hours of David ranting about No Man's Sky, either positively or negatively. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two weeks. It, it launches on like the 9th, which is like Tuesday in two weeks or yeah. something. Although, yeah. I'm, ex I, I'm cautiously excited. I'm definitely going to stream my way through it and uh nakara if you're around i'd like you to join me and talk about the planets because it looks yeah interesting. i'll pick it up too fine let's do that no no don't pick it up there's absolutely no point to picking up because there's we are never going to meet they've made no. that very clear two people no, will but if never... i'm gonna talk about it and you want to play the game fine but like I don't know. I'm interested. I'm going to try it. And then I'm inevitably going to compare whatever they have as planets to whatever CIG have as planets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Well, I have the, to. No Man's Sky is going for a very cartoony um, yeah. way. Because basically so that it can run on consoles. Yeah. They're going with very cartoony graphics. Now, also, um, because we have no questions still and no one's throwing us questions, I want to talk very quickly about the best game of our lifetimes. Can I just quickly, if we're all just going to go off track, EVGA, e where's my video e card, right? It's been two months. Where's my video card? The EDF deploys. <laughs> oh, yes. That is the best game ever. So, Although, if any of you haven't yeah. looked at it, look into EDF 4.1. Because if you have even one person to play it with, EDF is the best game. Best as long game. as you understand that it is basically the, the game's version game. of a B-movie. Yes. It is ridiculous and amazing. Yep. Honestly, we're in question did, period. Did you hear about the giant questions. insect invasion seven years ago? No, I, don't, I, I, I think they invaded Was seven, it seven years ago. What was it, was it seven years ago? What, giant giant insects, right? Giant insects. Seven years ago. Gi giant insect insects. war yeah, from insects. seven years ago. Seven years ago. Yeah. This is a big bottle of beer. <laughs> um, anyone got any questions for us? We're looking for How questions. Uh, Gamesdocker123 says, Does CIGPG stars? I don't know what that means. 
Uh, Jim asks, since CIG will be streaming all five days, will you guys be doing any streaming commentary over the week? Shiver, next. Commentary? We'll be too busy transcribing it. Yes. I, I don't uh, think... I want to be very clear with people. We will not be transcribing this thing word for word. It will yeah. be notes. Here we and there, when it's... something important happens, we will make a note of it. <laughs> Just uh, like our TV. Also, because yes. we still don't have actual dates that they're doing things, we don't know when they're doing Jack. They haven't told us what, like, we don't know when things happen. I mean, they just announced the um, the party, the event. the event. We'll see what we can do for the event. I mean, we'll get the event covered no, no matter what. We're going to cover the other five days somehow. We're going to cover everything so that everything they say of note is written down somewhere. But I, at this time, I don't think we're going to be providing uh, streaming over. It's just they're too unorganized for us to organize to do it. Uh, it's also not going to happen at CitizenCon unless Shiver will stream over CitizenCon because literally the rest of us are at CitizenCon. So. <laughs> the Olivine Inn is there. There, there. there is a plan for ShivCon over yes. CitizenCon. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. yeah. There better be. be. Wonderful. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> You're going to regret it, but yeah, there is a plan. <laughs> oh, uh... Zan1x uh, clarifies Does CIG procedurally generate stars? I believe so. But there's not much to procedurally generate in a star, just, you know, the light color, the intensity, and the weight. So. I actually don't even know if there'd be much point. It'd be pretty easy to create. Yeah. Um, what I would definitely like to see, I believe we have a few of them in Star Citizen already, but I'd really like to see them do experiments with um, having binary and trinary star systems. I hope they do. Because Didn't they uh, mention one system is a binary? There, I, there should be, there should be many binaries. So. Frankly, mm. there's also one jump point that takes you to not a system, but just one planet. Yeah. Is that oh, right. Yeah. There's also, I mean, there's also systems that are that have a black hole that uh, have black holes in them too. Yes. Um. The uh, in real life in the real life space stuff, uh, they actually recently found a planet that is orbiting um, a trinary system, which is pretty cool. It has three suns. Uh, question: Assuming the Polaris is six hundred dollars, would two Polari be better than one Idris to own? No, because the Polaris uh, comes completely unequipped, and you have to equip the entire thing. It is an empty shell. It's very much like Shiver. Is that uh, is that confirmed? Are they going to do it like the Javelin? Yeah, I am an empty Actually, shell. Actually, I don't think confirmed. they have confirmed, to be honest. Okay. I would imagine they'll do it like the Javelin in that yeah. way, but um, I don't think we know for sure. Uh, the other problem is I'm very, I'm almost 100% certain the Polaris will not be $600. It will be 1000 mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah, likely um, be the original price of the Idris, won't it? Yeah, because the, yeah. the Idris was sold as a Corvette, and it was $1,000, uh, or 1250 There's a reason they haven't resold the Idris basically ever, because it's the best deal in Star Citizen. Mm-hmm. The second best deal was when I got my Star, Star Bear back for what, 170? Yeah. 
<laughs> that ship is huge now. Because I, I originally oh, I bought a Starfarer when it was first announced and then used that Starfarer to buy a bunch of other things. I switched it to a Reclaimer and then switched that Reclaimer to an Endeavor. Then I was able to go back and rebuy that Starfarer at the original price. That is a worth it ship. Do you have a Reclaimer right now? I do not. That is a travesty. What um, the hell? Count Markula, I'm curious how orbiting will actually work. Will you be able to put your ship in cruise and do a full circle around a planet, or just travel in a straight line away from one? Both. Um, we have we don't really know anything about how orbital mechanics will work for ships. Um, really, the thing to know here is that our ships are so powerful that the orbit, the gravity doesn't really matter. Um, orbit actually comes down largely to day-night cycles. Because we yeah, know that's that basically day what it's cycles will be, will be real. Now, will you be able to put your ship into orbit around a planet? Maybe. Um, but we haven't seen anything about that yet. <clears throat> um, In theory, though, if, if that much of the galaxy is being simulated, you could, in theory, just put your ship in orbit, whack on... Um, uh, Cup, whack off couple well, flipping egg. Whack <laughs> off a couple? couple what are you whacking off? And just go. <laughs> uh Zan one X, do you think we'll will explore stars using the shielded Endeavor Exploration cockpit? Might be a use for actually generating stuff in a star corona or whatnot. Yeah, I definitely think that's gonna be a thing. Yep. Same. Yep. I agree. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, our uh, the whole branches of Star Citizen that are exploration and research and pioneering. Um, yeah, definitely. Yep. Our holiday asks, do you think CIG will or should add the Polaris to the major packs, like the fleet pack, for example? Yep. Yeah. You know what I think I mean, they should add? Top level, yep. Somewhere in the verse. Yep. <laughs> I also fully expect to see to see the wrecked hull of an enter of uh, the Enterprise D. Enterprise, somewhere. yeah, it has to be. It has to be. <laughs> Just to crash that subplanet somewhere. They did say they were going to put some tribute to Leonard Nimoy in game as well. Oh yeah, yeah, they have to. They have to have a lot of tributes to old sci-fi too, like. Totally. I mean, there there are going to be references to Wing Commander in there, no matter what, right? Like, so Cyberwolf asks, was that a Freudian slip shiver? my! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know what we haven't actually talked about in a while? Upcoming ships. Yeah. You know we haven't. Because no one's cared about upcoming ships recently, which is crazy. But because of the things we're finding out about 2.5, 2.6, and 2.7, no one is talking about the ships. Now, that's in because that's because everything else is more interesting right oh, now. Oh, it definitely is. But in 2.5, <laughs> we're getting the Argo and the Reliant. Does anyone have any guesses on what we'll get in 2.6? Because I'm Caterpillar. guessing Herald. Dragonflying Caterpillar. Mm. And Herald. The Herald's close, too, so it's got to be in there somewhere. Yeah. It might be all of them, actually. The Dragonfly's close, too. I don't know. Now, do you think um, in 2.7 they'll give us an Idris or a Bengal, like they've said that they might? No. 
I'm thinking it'll be into. I think I think there might actually not even be ships at all in 2.7. It'll be totally focused on the procedural part. It's going to be a big patch. Huge. And in fact, don't be surprised if all at all if that thing goes to Evocati in like October and we actually get the patch in like the end of December. <laughs> yeah, because it'll take a long time to get that right. Uh, Tilu asks, "Do you think we'll ever see other fuel tech like solar engines?" Sure. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be we really cool to find. I think it'd be really cool to find a solar ship. Um, they've existed in most sci-fi. Uh, really cool episode of DS9 about one, actually. Uh, solar sails are. They've been theorized for a long time as the most efficient way of traveling and they make a lot of sense we're actually we we launched one last year uh the mm -hmm. bill Nye, like bill nye and the um the planetary society yeah the planetary society actually launched a prototype solar sail ship so that we even we can do them so yeah I wouldn't be surprised if we see some kind of a solar ship. In fact, I'd be disappointed if we don't say, see some kind of solar ship. Uh, this is me copywriting the idea for CIG. It needs to be named the David. The David. I <laughs> the like that. David. I like that. Uh, Dolieden says, question, how can you be hot like this David? Oh, Dolly go. Eden. It's all in the bow tie. <laughs> Uh, GameStalker123, question. What ships are missing overall in the verse? Lots of low and mid-tier ships, actually. Yeah. Uh, we don't have a... This... What? There's a lack of, like, two to three player ships. Yeah. yeah. We're lacking low to mid-tier transport, low to mid-tier salvage, low to mid-tier repair, low to mid-tier... Lots of lots mm. of low to mid tier. We've got the high tier of a lot of things, and we're honestly missing variants. I mean, yes, the Idris is huge, but you gotta think that another company would build an Idris. Yes, the Constellation is great, but I mean, the only real competitor to the Constellation is the Caterpillar. Shouldn't some other ship uh, ship manufacturers have something the same? What's the comp competitor to the Freelancer? Just the Cutlet? Like we just need more ships. Yep. I completely agree. Um, and it'll come with time, you know. Um, we oh, might yeah. not launch with... And you'll see ships constantly added to Star Citizen until there's so many ships, you're sick of ships, basically. Um, I'm looking forward to the Origin 600 series. No idea yeah, what that is. Yeah, totally. totally. I want one. Uh, one, I want the Origin 300 series to be revamped because it is yep. possibly the series in the most need of a revamp at this point. It's been the same for a long time, and everything else has had its look now, and it has still been left the way it is. Uh, and I want a 600 series. I want the actual luxury origin series. I want the I want the limo. I want the BMW M5, whatever the hell is a good BMW at this point. I don't even bloody know. But like, I want the the rich person's touring ship. Do you think jump? No, the 890 Jump is is the rich person's cruise liner. I want their cruise car. You know? Yep. Uh, yep what do yep, you guys yep. think about the next cosmetic coming with Grimhex? I find this somehow disappointing. I don't know. Grimhex looks great, man. What do you mean cosmetic? 
Like, how does Grimhex look? Oh, it looks freaking amazing. I think it looks gorgeous. I thought he made the clothing. I'll be right back. Carry on. I, I like the clothing, too. All of it's been pretty awesome. Um... I don't know. What do, you interesting. what do you think, Shiver? What do you think, uh, next? I thought it was quite interesting how I they're s- doing band ships and stuff like that. No, not ships, sorry, shirts. Shirts, um, shirts like yeah. Like clothing around band. Cause that's, that's what you'd have in a real, um, in real life. So mm-hmm. it's quite in- But when designing for a game, you wouldn't think of that. So I think that's quite interesting. Especially because they'll tie that in other things. You'll to see them perform at some point, no doubt. <laughs> I think we need to tell Eris to buy smaller amounts of beer for streams. <laughs> um, so I wanted to kick back to something really quick. Um, we were talking about light sale very briefly. Um, there's a second light sale going up um, next year on top of a Falcon Heavy. Of all sh- of all rockets. <laughs> okay, now. Questions. Well, for, I've got a question questions. for all of you. Uh, okay. For months, we've talked about what ship we're all looking for next, and this is something that we've done a lot, a lot, a lot. We've talked about what ship we're looking for next every week, for weeks and weeks and weeks. Not counting ships, counting something gameplay-wise, counting something actually new coming to the game, what are you looking forward to most? Shiver. It's a bit of a sweeping statement, but I'm looking forward to multi-crew mechanics most. Being able to be on a ship properly with someone who's not just turrets, but, you know, I've got an engineer running around repairing the ship. I've got a navigation officer and so on and so on and so on. That's a good point because we still don't have any of that. You've got your pilot and your turret person. That's about it, right? Yeah. Uh, next, your thoughts. It sucks, but the same thing as Shiver. Like... <laughs> Brilliantly have a group of us on a ship and basically spend all your time in that one ship for like three hours just flying it and fixing it and without having to even leave it. Just have enough gameplay in the ship itself, maintaining it and running it would be amazing. Be really fun. Yeah. Yep. Nakara? Um For me right now, um it's all about careers. Um cargo, mining, salvage. I want to see gameplay mechanics for those three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially cargo, because it's such a huge thing for everything else. Literally everything. All of the other careers rely on cargo. Mine kind of ties into both of, both of, or all of yours. I want something to do. <laughs> for us right non-combat now, people? Yeah, right now it's great. It, it's a great demo it's great showing off what there is i feel like there's nothing to do for me because i don't want to go and kill people because i can't fly (laughs) because of what side tech stick is a problem there apparently well that's the interesting thing i can't fly because i'm a bad pilot right (laughs) now and and here's my complaint about the side tech stick the side tech stick that i've got feels amazing flying with it was great i was doing better flying with it than i have in months i love the stick i love how it feels i love how the throttle feels i love the amount of buttons on it, the options everything feels great except for the one button that decided to break what a dick button yeah but i mean 
No, it feels great flying with this stick. The stick is, mm -hmm. it feels lovely. I just hope it's that... certainly a lot. It's a lot easier to feel where you want to go, your position and things, with a hotas or just the stick than yeah. it is with a mouse and keyboard. Um. um... We have questions. Game Soccer, have you found any mistakes with the in-game lore or things that don't really match? They've actually oh, sure. cut down on a lot of those recently, though. I mean, Sherry Heiberg, that's been her job. Her job has been to cut down on any of the mistakes in the in-game lore. Uh, yeah, the, basically exactly that. Um, there were some, but they've actually been going back and making sure that all of their original lore is correct. Yep. Um, and uh, even updating it to be correct now. Because yeah. they have, some things have changed, um, and uh, but I've I've actually found problems. I've found misspellings. I've found problems in concept shots. And, the, the easiest you know. thing to find a misspelling in is Mobiglass. Because you know how do you spell Mobiglass? <laughs> it's a small case M, small O, small B, small I, capital G, lass. L A S. It's Mobiglass, but the only capital is the G. If you capitalize the and M, there's not two you owe behavior a shot. Yes, you do. <laughs> and start. people people constantly spell it with two S's, too, and it doesn't have two S's. Yeah. Uh, Jim asks, do you think we'll get a HOTAS update at Gamescom or CitizenCon? Nope. We might get a minor update at CitizenCon about the low-end stick. I don't know if that high-end sticks... Um, Low-end sticks probably a priority for now. I've I been... personally believe that they might, they're reconsidering their manufacturer. Because they were supposed to be taking orders eight months ago. And they are not. I and they're still talking about they're still talking about waiting on prototypes and they don't have any, proto any prototypes and like I have you know. the thing that's supposed to come before their prototype. I've tried it. I've tried it literally the thing that their prototype is based on. It's great. Durability has problems. It's not you know, ready. You know who would be a good second company for them to go to that hasn't got anything product? out on the market like that? Logitech. Logitech. Oh, Logitech would be awesome. I but actually Logitech think hasn't go Logitech instead. Logitech hasn't made mm. a joystick though in like, I don't know, seven years or so. I was originally really a excited long, about long lots time. of the little, the like the the analog sticks and stuff. It it makes it hard. I don't know. I'm. We'll see. I'm I'm still waiting for a working stick. So. <laughs> Uh, I would I would say don't go buy a warthog yet either because they're ridiculously expensive and they are quite frankly not built for space flight. But hands no, up who's got a warthog. No, no joystick <laughs> no joystick at this point is made for space flight. Yeah. The key um, is nothing is made for it. Jim asks, as a follow-up, do you think they're going to kind of sweep the whole thing under the rug? Uh, I, think I don't think they can. I don't, I, don't th I don't think they'll sweep it under the rug, but I think there's a possibility that they just go, well, we decided to go a different direction yeah. because has, that tech couldn't meet our quality. Has anyone seen the Delta Throttle that a member of the community made? Yes. I did not see it. Yeah. That's 
Very interesting. That is a Six Degrees of Freedom Now, keep in mind, the problem thing. is CIG originally went to all these companies and were like, we want you to make a HOTAS built for Star Citizen. And lots of them were like, hey, we'll rebrand our HOTAS. Literally the only company that was like, yes, we'll try and make something for a space game was Cytec. Unfortunately, I don't know about Cytec's build quality right now. So you, you end up with a toss-up. You've either got Cytec who are making something that is for Star Citizen or you've got your standards, you know, atmospheric flight stick. You can't have both right now, and that's what we're waiting to hear. What I would kind of like to see them do is wait until after Squadron 42 is out. Yeah. Because if Squadron 42 is a big success, it'll mean it'll be a big. Di- it'll change the way their interactions would be with those companies. Because right yeah. now, those companies are like. You have 500,000 or 700,000 people who bought your game. Um, maybe like four percent of them will buy our stick. We're not interested. Um, but if you have millions of people, yeah, it's a different deal. Yeah, it's going to be a waiting game for that. The stick is a waiting game. I mean, keep in mind you don't really need a thrustmaster or anything special right now because there's honestly not that much to the game right now. You know. And the other thing that people should realize that is if if you're flying a Starfarer, you don't really need a joystick. It's not going to maneuver very well with your joystick. Nope. <laughs> it's for it's for fighter craft. If you were going to fly fly a Hornet or a or a Gladius or a Lightning or something like that, then yeah, go ahead, grab a joystick. But not if you're going to be a freelancer or a Starfarer pilot. Yeah, but it it, it is way more fun flying oh. a spaceship or an oh, aircraft totally. with a joystick. It is more fun. I yep. absolutely I adore all the time I've spent with the joystick. Like, actually flying with the joystick and the f- throttle feels good and you feel the pull of the... Sh- amazing. And actually, yep. the feel of the Cytec that I got, the Cytec, aside from the one button that broke, felt so good. Like, mm. it just felt amazing. So... So I would like to uh, I would like to mention right now just as a, a quick thing before we uh, we leave you all, um, as of this moment there are actually five spacecraft parked at the International Space Station. Really? I think that's pretty cool. Yep. Is one of them a SpaceX ship? Yep. Yep. There's a dragon there. Um, there's two Soyuz craft that they use for uh, there's two Soyuz craft that they use for escape pods. And there's two progress craft as well. It's truly an international space station. Uh, Tilu actually asks a good question that I want to get to right before we leave. He says, will we only have the Grey Cat for 2.7 planets? Excuse me. I very much believe that we'll get the Dragonfly. Dragonfly before then. Absolutely. I think. Oh, actually, the Ursa rover should be done by then, too. Yeah, I think the entire point of the Dragonfly and the Ursa right now is to get them done so that when we have planets, we can explore with something. So. And it, months ago, months ago, they started working on the Ursa again out of nowhere, and, I, and everyone was like, what the hell are they doing? All right, procedural <laughs> planets. All right, did INN call that? All right, we did. Specifically, David. No, it's okay, guys. All my estimates are wrong. No one listened to me. (laughs) 
And with that, it's been a good show. So thanks, everyone, <laughs> for coming out. Thanks for listening to Inside the Verse. And, uh, hey, we'll see you next week. And if you're looking for a quick 10-minute, probably 5-minute this week rundown of the news of the week, check out tomorrow. Uh, the Week in 10 with me and Mr. Shiver Bathory. Uh, upcoming this week, what do we have? Is anyone doing anything this week? Usual for me. Yep. Postcards. Usual for me as well. We, we uh, we're working on things, obviously, but, uh, but in terms of things to release, not anything unusual. No, nothing I noticed that there was a very interesting piece of INN fiction this past week, Eris. There was. I did write some INN fiction this week. It was a bulkhead-centered fiction. Uh, if you like bulkheads and you want to find out more about the bulkheads themselves, uh, yeah, there's some bulkheads fiction up. Uh, bulkheads episode 3 is progressing. Uh, it has so much action that we actually don't know what to do with all the action. We're trying to figure out how much action to action there's just so much and uh bulkheads 4 is in scripting so a new bulkheads episode is coming soon ish probably two to three weeks i would also be wondering if what everyone thought of the overlay we used today yeah uh, if everyone can tell me what our budget overlay, uh, if you think it's an alright overlay, because, uh, hey, it's an overlay that we threw together because we're on a budget. We're uh, like better in tartan. And, and keep in mind, the overlay and this, look at our standby. Woo, isn't that a cool standby screen? Overlay. Standby. Overlay. Standby. Overlay. Standby. I'm... Yeah. For and our audio listeners, Eris <laughs> is switching between. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Uh, I do also want to invite everyone, uh, once No Man's Sky is out, to join me in streaming No Man's Sky, because I'm going to stream it as I play it and try and rip it to shreds. And uh, hopefully my friend <laughs> Nakara might uh, join me to talk about some of the planets we see. So. Yeah. I, uh, you've now convinced me to get the game. Congratulations. Yep, I'm bad. Well, everyone, uh, apparently it was better than last week. I'm glad we could do better than last week. Uh, we're still on a budget, but hey, Mr. Jake Capella might come back at some point soon. Until then, we here are INN. This is David, Nikara, Shiver, Nixt. It's been a pleasure having y'all. See you in the verse. See you in the verse. Bye.